Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My guest today is Angelo Peretti. Angelo has had and is having a very interesting career. He is a banker, yeah, a strategist who loves wine and he writes about wine and who advises people who make wine how to improve their sales. I hope people don't think that I uh, deal about banking while I drink. Okay. It could be a problem. <laughs> it could be a bad, especially if you've got a loan and you make a couple of mistakes with the zeros and the decimal points. Yeah, it could of be course. <laughs> so, um, where in Italy are you from? Oh, <laughs> I'm from Lake Garda. Lake Garda, okay. Lake Garda is in northern Italy, mm-hmm. between Milan and Venice. Between Milan and Venice, it's my area. I love uh, being uh, a man from Lake Garda. Lake Garda is a Mediterranean climate, has a Mediterranean climate inside the Alps. Yeah. So we have snow in winter on the mountains, but in my garden I have lemon trees, I have olive trees, I have cypresses, I have a med- Mediterranean environment and uh, Upon my area on the Monte Baldo, the, the mountain that is over Lake Garda, we have snow in winter. We can ski in winter. It's incredible. It's an incredible, an incredible area. So, what are the main wine denominations or regions around Lake Garda? You said you've got this Mediterranean climate, even though it's sort of an alpine area, if you like, yeah. or subalpine area, we should say. Yeah, yeah. So, what is. are the main denominations around that? The main denominations are uh, for the whites, Lugana and Custozza for the rosé, Chiaretto di Bardolino, and for the reds, uh, uh, Chiaretto di Bardolino, and uh, Valtenesi Chiaretto, it's a smaller appellation, and for the reds, uh, Valtenesi and Bardolino. Let's go to the, probably, um, they're all well-known denominations, but you've had a particular interest in developing the rosé, or light pink style, Chiaretto style of Badolino. So just tell me how you got involved in that and what suggestions you made and what effect they have. And don't be modest. Wow, <laughs> it's very difficult to explain it because I'm involved in it. My father and my mother were born in Bardolino. So my roots are in Bardolino. And uh, in 2008, uh, Bardolino wine producers that uh, were struggling against, uh, against a great, a big crisis of their appellation asked me to try to save them. Uh, I made a market research in order to understand how to move forward from the crisis and uh, I discovered that the key could uh, have been Chiaretto. Which is, for anybody that doesn't know what Chiaretto is. Chiaretto is the rosé, the name of the rosé at Lake Garda. It's an historical rosé. The first document dealing with Chiaretto at Lake Garda dates back to 1806. I understood that Chiaretto could be the the goal. It could be very interesting because uh, uh, people uh, were interested in drinking a rosé coming from the north and they could pay something more than the, the rats for that rosé. So you think that was a way of adding value? Yeah, yeah, for, for, for producers, for vine growers, especially for gra- vine growers. But at that time, in 2008, Chiarito was not a good wine. It was dark in color. People used to, to darken it by adding substan- in substance Lambrusco, Ancelotta, because it was 
too much clear and the tradition of the territory couldn't understand that uh, a clear color is the real essence of chiaretto. Chiaretto in Italian means it comes from chiaro. Chiaro is clear. And in the origin, Chiaretto was clear, but during the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, they made it darker. And it was horrible because when uh, in September it collapsed, it oxidated. So, so you're saying these wines were dark in color, but they didn't age at all in bottle? Yeah, yeah, in bottle. Uh, and uh, I try to make them understand that the real color of the Corvina Veronese, which is one the, of the main the, grapes, the main grape of mm-hmm. the area, the same grape of, of Valpolicella. In Valpolicella, they used to dry the Corvina Veronese in order to make Camarone. At Lake Garda, we use fresh grapes, fresh Corvina Veronese. The freshly picked grapes not dried or yeah yeah not dried and uh, the 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 corvina has a very low color it's very clear in color and uh, i try to make people understand that the real color of the corvina at lake garda is very very clear you have to respect the grape on your territory and you have to respect your climate and your soils the soils are very uh, rich in salts so mm-hmm. I try to make them understand that saltiness is a good thing for a wine coming from Lake Garda. It isn't uh, a bad thing. It is very good. So we tried to make a, a Chiaretto, a Rosé, with uh, more salt and m- with more citrus notes. Citrus notes are typical from the Corvina grape. So citrus like, um, is it like pink peach, things like that, or They're like uh, orange, uh, kumquat, the, 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 yeah, yeah, and so on. They are typical, they are typical. The, but when making a red, you lose these, these, these citrus notes. So when you say, when you make it, so what you're saying is, with a light bit of skin contact between yeah, the juice and the yeah. skin, you get a little bit of color, which is great for the chiaretto. Yeah. You miss the red berries, but you preserve the citrus notes. Okay, I got it. So yeah. instead of making it like a, a rosé that tastes like a red wine, you're making a rosé that tastes like a rosé. Yeah, yeah. Or, we or have to make a rosé tasting like a rosé. As a rosé is not a, a light red. It's so a rosé. So what is the technical? When you pick the grapes, uh, and I'm just say I'm a traditional producer, and I'm like, who's mm-hmm. this guy, Angelo? He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a banker. <laughs> he's not a farmer. Even though he's from the region, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. I know what I'm doing at my winery. And then you come along and tell me, actually, Monty, I want you to change this. What are you changing? You're changing the date of picking or yeah. how the wine is pressed or how much it skin changed contact? changed a lot. It uh, changed the date of picking because, because we have to, to harvest earlier than uh, for the reds, of course, 15 days earlier. But it changed the way to grow the vines. Uh, we have to preserve the grapes, uh, the grapes from, from, from the sun. We have to reach a phenolic maturation, <laughs> a ripeness of the grapes earlier without uh, having red berries flavors. So you were saying you want, you want a slightly different, f- you want the grapes to be ripe, you want them to be physiologically ripe in terms yeah. of uh, acidity and sugar, but by not allowing them so much direct sunlight, so which means leaving more leaves, I guess, not yeah, leaf plucking. Yeah, of course. We have to do it. So you get more so, aromas like that, so don't you? 
now that in in the past they used to make chiaretto by using the bleeding method the saigne method by taking some must from the red and nowadays producers have uh, single vineyards for chiaretto and single vineyards for the reds right so basically it's the same grape variety yeah. but rather than just picking it all together and doing what you said you're saying listen this plot of the Corvina is destined for rosé. Because it's destined for rosé or Chiaretto, we're gonna grow it in a different way. We're not gonna leaf pluck so much. We're gonna pick it a bit earlier. And this plot right next door, which is for the red wine, completely different way of farming. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, if you turned up, I think, hang on, this guy, you know, you look a bit hippie, you got a beard and all the rest, so pretty kind of cool. But you tell you, at the end of the day, you're a banker, right? And like, you are not a farmer and you are telling me how to farm my grapes. What kind of reaction did you get? It's not easy, but I am a wine rider too, and uh, people didn't know me as a banker, but they knew me as a wine rider, so they believed in me because uh, I, my family came from Bardolino, it comes from Bardolino, and I was a wine rider, so they didn't believe in me as a banker, as a banking strategist. They believed in me as a wine rider. <laughs> it's a very, I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Ride. <laughs> Uh, it was a very challenging experience, but I'm very happy for it because uh, when I started with this project in 2008, uh, we pro- they produced uh, about 4 million bottles of Chiaretto. Nowadays, we are producing 10 million bottles per year of Chiaretto, and uh, prices increased by 30%. Uh, in 2008, Chiaretto, the markets were only northern Italy and southern Germany. Nowadays, uh, new markets are opening for Chiaretto, the United States, uh, Canada, Scandinavia. Our third market nowadays is France. We are selling rosé to the French. We are selling ice creams to <laughs> to the Northern Pole. What, what market research did you do on the exact shade of color um, regarding certain demographics, say female buyers? Oh, the research told uh, us that uh, uh, the main uh, drinkers of uh, rosé or chiaretto were women, but nowadays I think that they are half and half, half men and half women. And uh, in the past, chiaretto was a, a, a seasonal wine. They used to drink it in uh, spring and summer. Nowadays, we sell chiaretto all year long. Last year, November was one of the best months for Chiaretto. We sold uh, the same amount of the same volumes of Chiaretto in November and in March. It's incredible. People now in Italy uh, drink Chiaretto, drink Rosé, but drink Chiaretto. It's very strange. Uh, All over in the world, Rosé consumers are increasing. In Italy, they are decreasing. Uh, Italy is a very strange country. Uh, we are black or white. Uh, we are with Bartoli or with Copi. They were um, champions of the bikes in the past. We are the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. We are Inter or Milan. We are white or reds in the, in the wine sector. Uh, it, the Italians don't have a culture of the rosé. On Saturday, the Bardolino Chiaretto Consortium signed an agreement with other four 
consortiums dealing with traditional Italian rosé coming from uh, indigenous grapes, uh, Valtanesi, Chiaretto, Cerasolo d'Abruzzo, Salice, Salentino and Castaldemonte in Apulia. And we decided to join our forces in order to explain the culture of the traditional indigenous Italian rosé to the Italians and abroad. And uh, we started we are starting with a uh, with a um, common project uh, in order to 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 explain this culture this typical italian culture that is decreasing it's dramatically decreasing the only italian rosé that are increasing are the chiarettos the bardolino chiaretto and the valtanesi chiaretto so this is very pale pink rosé very style. pale pink but, but why would you want to help your competitors i know it's really it's fantastic that you as a northern guy in your own region, you've, you've really had a massive impact on the sales of this wine that I'm sure you had as a kid when it was a very dark, um, light red rather than even a rosé. Why, why would you want to go down and help the Puglians uh, sell their wine? Because I think that uh, identity is the main force for a wine. In France, they say terroir. Mm-hmm. I believe in terroir and I believe in uh, culture. In my opinion, terroir is mainly culture, is mainly a humanistic uh, item. Uh, it's not just soils, climate and vines or grapes. And if uh, we explain to the Italians and to other people that Italy has a very long uh, experience and culture in rosé, I'm sure that Chiaretto will increase together with the other Italian typical rosé from indigenous grapes. I don't want to be a single voice in, in Italy. I think that Italy has to be a country. In, in the past, Italy was divided. Now we need to be a, a unique country. So when you say divided, what you mean is historically, you don't mean like divided between yeah. ethnic groups. We just, you know, there was the kingdom of like Tuscany, the kingdom of Sicily. Yeah. So it was... The kingdom of the, the Pope. Yeah. The, yeah. So that was kind of, that was a historical division that has obviously shaped current Italy. Italy was only reunified in you what, You must understand that Alto Adige became Italian in 1918, no, 100 years ago. Yeah. Now, just 100 years ago. Just 100 years ago. Italy exists... 150 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very. It's a very young nation, a very young country, and we have to overcome our divisions and be Italian and have a, a style, an Italian style. And but they you do that with it. clothing, don't you? I mean, everybody. I mean, you go to anywhere in the world. You know, the Italian fashion. Everybody's mouth drops. People start salivating. You know, I'm going to get a lovely suit or an dress or whatever it is. So you definitely and the food. But I go on a press trip, right? My friend say, Monty, where are you going tomorrow? So I've got to go to France. Oh, oh bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to Germany. And I say, I'm going to Italy. Everybody says, can I come with you? So, again, I go back. You know, the fact that you're being very um, open and uh, generous about trying to promote these wines abroad with some kind of unity. But you, you, you must think that uh, it's very easy for me being open because I live at Lake Garda uh, on the eastern shore Lake Garda, or Lake Garda where I live we are about 35,000 inhabitants and during summer we are 12 million because we have a lot of tourists coming from all over the world. So it's normal for me and for my family having relations with the Germans, with the English, with the, the Scandinavians, with the Americans. Swiss. 
Oh, the Swiss, uh, the, the, cam- the people coming from the Netherlands, from, from, from Belgium. So I'm proudly Italian. I'm proudly from the Verona province. I'm proudly from Lake Garda. But I think uh, that uh, I'm a citizen of the world. So I have to deal with everybody. I have to, to, to try to open my mind. And I think that our territory, that is a point, a matching point for different, for different cultures coming from all over the world can be the catalyst yeah can, can be the concession that helps the other territories in Italy to make a, a path to the to, to the to the future uh, toward the future and I think that Chiaretto can't be the leader the leader of nothing I would like that Chiaretto then nowadays is the leader in the Italian rose wine sector we produce 10 million bottles per year Cerasuolo produces 4 million bottles per year Chiaretto in, uh, Abruzzo. Mm-hmm. in Abruzzo in Apulia uh, Salice Sarentino and uh, uh, Castel del Monte produce just half a million bottles Bertanesi Chiaretto is 1 million and 1 and a half million bottles so we are the leader but I think that uh, the responsibility of a leader is to help the others to increase and to improve and to open the minds, to open the, the culture of the people. And I think that we will increase our our position. So you want to increase the market as a whole? Yeah, yeah. we have to increase the market. Style, yeah. And in the market, there is place for everybody, for everybody bearing an identity. Next uh, question. What is a good food match for Chiaretto? Obviously, a lot of people probably drink it on its own. First of all, like fish, of course, but pizza. Pizza is the perfect pairing for Chiaretto. And in my opinion, um, the so-called fusion cuisine, uh, the cuisine that matches uh, the experiences coming from all over the world, from Northern Africa, from Asia, from Europe, uh, and so on. It's um, a very friendly wine and a very gastronomic wine. Gastronomical wine. Um, it matches in a very easy way with with food. I think that just sweet uh, food can't pair with Chiaretto. It's huh? very yeah, cakes can't pair with Chiaretto. Sweets can't pair with Chiaretto, but the other the other kind of food can pair with Chiaretto. Should you have uh, meat, for example, you can make Chiaretto age. And can age Chiaretto. Yeah, it, it ages in a very good way. I organized uh, a vertical testing of the latest four vintages for some foreign wine riders. And the 2014 were very fresh, very young, and they had spices upon the citrus notes. And this allows the aged the Chiaretto to match with, with mint, for, for example. It's a, an easy to drink wine and it doesn't want to be more than that. Okay. But it, it isn't a silly wine. It is easy, but it isn't silly. So I've got one question about the technical side. How do you or how do growers get the right level of color in their, in their Chiaretto? Obviously there's color in the skins and the juice yeah. is clear. Are, you, um, are they soaking the grapes on the, um, the grape skins on the juice in the, in the press for a certain the number press. of hours? How does that work? In the press. We, we use the press, so we press very softly 
the grapes and we use uh, uh, very low temperatures. Starting from, from picking the grapes, we used to, to harvest very early in the morning for Chiarito. So they were and cool? The, yes, yes, uh, because when, when we harvest it's very, very warm. The, last, the latest vintages were hot. So we have to try to harvest the grapes very early in the morning, starting at 4 5 in the morning and uh, stopping our harvest at 10, 11. Then we can harvest uh, other grapes, but not the grapes for Chiaretto. Then we immediately refresh the grapes chill by them. using... You chill them with dry ice. Yeah, yeah, we chill them. And then we press them very softly and we use very low temperatures during the fermentation. So that just allows you to get this very lightly pink, or what would become a lightly pink wine, just a little bit of contact with the juice in the skins. And what about dryness? Is it Chiaretto normally? Is it less than two grams of sugar? Is it bone dry? Is there a little bit of sweetness in there? It's a big question. <laughs> uh, Chiarito used to be very high in sugar. Nowadays, dry. It's dry. When, it is n- when it's not dry, you don't feel that it is not dry. I tried to explain it. Just a few moments ago, just a few minutes ago, I was making wine writer, a wine writer taste a Chiarito, and he told me it's very, very dry. Yes, I know it's dry. Do you know how many sugar it has? I don't know, but I think it has a very low sugar level. No, 8 grams per liter. Really? It's not low. But we have very high saltiness, I say, and a very high freshness. And we have a tannic final in our rosé. So, yeah, so you can't feel the sugar. And the sugar helps us to give body to the, to the rosé. So, so that makes it more fruit food friendly as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is the reason why it is uh, very versatile. Yeah, so it's yeah. good on its own with a little bit of sweetness that you don't feel, so it's not cloying, and it's got that body, as you say, that, that helps it go with um, you know lighter dishes, even like even a main course. So I just want to say thanks, Angelo Peretti, for coming in. I would say that you're um, Italian and all that, but you are more of a citizen of the world, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I hope to be. Yeah, well, you are though. I mean, you are. I've met you a few times, and uh, you have. A, a, I a, must a, learn English in a better way no, because my I'm, English is horrible. <laughs> Your English is fantastic. So I want to say thanks very much to my guest today, uh, Angelo Bonetti, who is probably the most influential man on the planet as regards pink wine. <laughs> you are. No, I you don't are. think. I am one of the most important drinkers no, in the wine. No, <laughs> in the wine sector. No, you're a banker. You've got to keep a clear head, you know. Um, I try to join economy and... Um, yeah, that's often what we miss, isn't wine. it, in the wine trade? It's like hard numbers, business yeah. side of it, and then the product concept, changing very traditionalist wine growers who are stuck, in, not stuck in their ways, but they just have one way of doing things. <laughs> and then you come along as a banker, a very smart guy with a nice waistcoat, and say, hey, guys, you could change this. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Thank you. you had an enormous success, and the fact that you're sharing that success with other regions in Italy makes you even more special than you are. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.